morning. Hope you're having a good Thursday at 6.36. Thank you for joining us on This Morning on 6.30 Chet with Daryl Morley, too. He'll be back in here in a little bit. One of the the great tourism promotions that you get out of Alberta are, are, are those photos that are taken in the Rocky Mountains, specifically of certain lakes. When you look at the lakes, it's it's like it's it, they've been artificially colored. There's such a brilliant tone of blue. It's a turquoise blue. You've all you've seen all the promotional uh, uh, material that's in the photos that have come out. Just absolutely stunning. But maybe some of that edge is coming off. Maybe some of that color is starting to fade. And if so, why is that? Let's find out from a freshwater ecologist at the University of Alberta. Rolf Weinbrook is joining us this so morning. Involving a twenty. Uh, Rolf, good morning. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, good morning. Uh, hi, Daryl. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. I, I'm a little dismayed at the at the neat at the notion that uh, this gorgeous color is disappearing. Is it? Yeah. It, well, we've got a number of different lines of evidence that are suggest over the last few decades, as the climate's beginning warmer and warmer, the glaciers have started to kind of recede to the point where they're no longer uh, melting and bringing in what we call rock flour, glacial flour. And that's really the source that makes when the, the stuff enters into a lake, makes that lake appear that turquoise color. Uh, so does, is, does it just reflect the light differently or it doesn't actually change the color of the water? Is it a light reflection thing or? Yeah, exactly. The, the rock flowers are like little small kind of like crystals that reflect the sunlight in such a way that you start getting this kind of turquoise color instead of a more of a deeper blue, which is more typical of lakes that no longer have rock flower in them. Mm. Uh, so you're saying this has been going on for a little while now then? Yeah, I mean, we've got archival aerial photographs taken by the Canadian Geological Service back in the mid-20th century that showed, you know, like these lakes, particularly along the Icefield Parkway, were like uh, very turquoise in color or, or even milky, chalky white, like you sometimes see in the really heavily influenced glacial lakes. But now... Um, 50 years later, those lakes have really started to clear up and that turquoise color is fading and getting replaced more by like a kind of like a standard sort of blue color. Uh, which, again, it just reflects a different kind of light, I suppose. I, it's true. I've been down the Icefield Parkway a number of times over the last few years. And that glacier, there's virtually, it's you almost can't see anything of it anymore compared to where it again, was uh, a few decades ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of like the law of diminishing returns. The smaller and smaller the glaciers get, the less that they're rocking back and forth over the rocks that they're grinding down. And that's really where this whitish rock flower comes from that makes those lakes look a turquoise blue. I guess you could you could lament the loss of, well, not a guess, I do lament the loss of something that is absolutely beautiful. Uh, can you notice it sort of with, with your own eye right now? And if, if, if so, uh, how much more are you going to notice it as the years go by? What's our sort of our timetable for this? Yeah, I mean, in some cases, there's a lot of predictions that uh, major uh, glaciers, and to a certain extent also really small glaciers that aren't really that notable, are going to be essentially have melted and disappeared over the next few decades, not less than a century from now, like we're talking decades. And that's really how these lakes then start to transition towards a different sort of color. Uh, yeah, and I guess there's nothing we can do about that at this point, is there? <laughs> No, I don't think there's anything we can really do, but we can slow down climate change perhaps with a lot of uh, uh, effort, but I don't think we're pretty much uh, given that this is going to happen. Yeah. yeah.
Uh, does does this change the uh, you know the, the the biodiversity of these lakes? Does it change the impact on uh, what other uh, water animals, fish, etc., might be in them? Yeah, it's kind of a, a a good news, bad news sort of story. The bad news is that there's some very very unique uh, organisms in these glacially fed turquoise lakes that essentially are adapted to those kinds of conditions. When that those conditions kind of fade away, they essentially get replaced by other types of uh, species and organisms that are more found in lower elevation clear lakes. The good news, potentially, is that these lakes then start becoming a little bit more productive as the sunlight uh, penetrates deeper down through the water column. And potentially could be a source for where like fish could actually thrive much more readily than they were otherwise in these kind of like turbid cold glacial lakes that are that existed before yeah well you know change is opportunity for for something yeah i guess yep, exactly point. uh well you know maybe maybe in our lifetimes we won't see that the 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 color dramatically change i don't know we'll see it depends on the length of your lifetime left doesn't it exactly uh, which runway you've got left Yep, yep, you're right. Uh, can, uh, you're a freshwater ecologist. Can I just touch on uh, the blue-green algae blooms uh, from this year? Do you do you focus in on on any of that? Yeah. So exactly, there's a completely different story happening in Alberta from what's happening in the in the mountains, and that are uh, the lakes that are here more close by uh, in the central part of, of Alberta and even to the north um, are experiencing this particular summer. A pretty large, uh, what do you want to call it, a proliferation or what some scientists call it, a bloom of blue-green algae as a result of a number of different factors, warmer water temperatures, um, uh, nutrients that are coming in off the landscape fuel them as well. So we've had a number of uh, recreational advisories posted through Alberta Health and Alberta Health Services uh, warning people about these blue-green algae because they really seem particularly to have taken off this summer. Uh, and, you know, is it just the water temperature? Or I guess it's the combination of things. Is That is obviously also reversible, at least as far as some of the things that are, the contaminants that are coming in off the land, I suppose. But, you know, to, to what level does this continue to, to, to grow and become exacerbated? Yeah, so the, there's a number of different causes that promote these blue-green algal blooms. I'd have to say the primary one is nutrient loading coming off of the surrounding landscape, which we can we can control that to a certain extent. And like a number of uh, watershed authorities have actually been very successful at reducing that. If you cut off the the nutrient loading from the surrounding landscape by reducing the use of fertilizers and and other types of chemicals containing these nutrients, you can kind of short circuit those blue green algal blooms. Um, the, the warmer water temperatures kind of compound the blue-green algal blooms, but they don't actually are the direct immediate cause. You can have warm lakes that don't have blue-green algal blooms because the nutrients aren't coming off the watershed. Yeah, so you try to starve them, basically. Yeah, you try to starve them first, and then they won't respond to uh, climactic warming or higher temperatures. There are always some lakes that seem to be more susceptible than others. Are we seeing mm-hmm. more lakes being added to this list of, of having these advisories? Yeah, I think this summer we've got that because, like I said, we had an interesting sort of perfect storm. If you remember back um, in early summer and in May, we had some pretty unusually warm early temperatures, started the blue-green algae kind of starting to grow in the lakes. Then we had some a period of a lot of rainfall 
Uh, and that rainfall essentially carries a lot of these nutrients off of the land into these lakes. And so you're getting the temperature and the nutrient combination. And now here we are with the consequence of having all these blue-green algae here in July and August. And even some of them we, that were even occurring already in June. Uh, two two different ends of the blue spectrum uh, today. The, uh... Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks. I just yep. wrote that. <laughs> Yep, that's uh, a good one. I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for giving us some some info on this. And uh, I guess uh, if you're going to have some advice, it's get out and see one of those uh, those beautiful blue lakes in the in the mountains sooner rather than later. Absolutely, do it before it's uh, before it's winter. Yeah, well, there's that too. All right, Rolf, appreciate yeah. it. Take care. Thanks, Daryl. Bye. Uh, Rolf Weinbrook is a freshwater ecologist at the University of Alberta. Uh, check it out before they're gone. The the colors, the beautiful turquoise colors of our mountain lakes. Uh, just not as much of that that flower coming off that uh, flower flakes and stuff coming off the uh, the glaciers. It's going to change things.